Greetings and welcome back to another episode of The Marriage Chronicles. This is your girl Naila and because I am unaware of what time you're listening to this, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you. So today for me is Monday, November 15th, 2021. It is 2.13 p.m. You guys, okay, so if you hear the click clack of my mouse, the rolling of my chair, the tapping of my keys, know I'm working, know that's what's up. All right, so today I want to come and talk about the process of writing a book or writing this book specifically, Um, but I think it applies to everybody, anyone who's writing a book. Um, I didn't, I, I don't, I was never aware that it was like this with anyone else until I actually started watching um, Will Smith's uh, The Best Shape of My Life. I just watched that um, this morning while I was working. And, you know, in that journey that he's on, he's basically um, trying to write, I believe it was 20 chapters. Was it 20 chapters in 20 weeks? And then he was also trying to lose 20 pounds in 20 weeks. And he thought that it was going to go one way, but then it turned out to go like a different way. Because what people don't realize going into writing a book, and I didn't realize it either, especially when you're, when you're writing your own story. Like if you're writing something else, fine, whatever. But when you're writing your own story, I don't think people realize how exhausting um, it is emotionally and mentally and and also physically it does affect you physically as well and so when you are writing a book it, it and and you get into that first trauma that first pain that first thing that was just not right that you thought you were over and realized that you had never dealt with when you hit that first thing it's like you push away from it and you don't even want to you don't even want to go into it again because it hurts. It hurts all over again. Like it's happening for the first time is the crazy thing about it. Um, you don't think, I mean, because there's times where I've talked about these different things to other people and it hasn't given me the sense as though I am reliving it. It isn't until I started It wasn't until I started actually physically writing my book that I realized, crap, this, this, this is real therapy. (laughs) This is, this is real therapy. It strips you down bare and causes you to, because a book has to, a book has to, um, pull on a person's imagination with a movie a person can give you all the visuals. You don't even have to use your imagination when you're looking at an, a, a movie. But when you are writing a book, you have to be so descriptive in it down to the smells, the colors, um, what you felt in that moment, blase, blase, that it is literally setting up the scene for others to feel what you felt in that moment. Therefore, you are reliving it. That, you guys, like, I'm out of breath just thinking about it. Um, But as I was watching Will Smith 
uh, go through his journey and him just getting to a point where he was just frustrated, like, man, I don't even want to do this. You know what I mean? Or him neglecting the book writing part of it, but being more into the uh, weight loss part of it, you know, because I mean, physical pain is easier than emotional pain a lot of times. That physical pain, you know that you're going to feel it for a certain amount of time. It's going to eventually ease away. But when it comes down to emotional things, it's like we have to deal with that thing. You know what I mean? It's like we have to, when it's, it's, it's something that you're either going to deal with it or forever feel or forever be affected by. You might not feel as though, you know, your everyday life is being affected by it, but it very much so is because it's, it's going, uh, it's becoming neglected. Or as I say, it's, it's going into a state of infection because it's not being properly, uh, healed or dealt with. You get what I'm saying? So, huh. With everything that I had going on in my physical body, I didn't know what was wrong with me, uh, quite frankly. I thought that I had some terminal illness. Um, I was afraid to go to the doctors, still haven't <laughs> just gone to like get a full on physical due to fear. And a lot of that came from um, my elders. Because in our family, for some for some reason or the other, they hide their illnesses. They hide their sicknesses. Uh, if they do go to the doctor, then they use this dead faith thing. Um, and this is just me being real. You know, they use this dead blind faith um, where they say, well, God is going to heal me. And, and they have this full on belief that God is going to heal them without actually doing the work that it takes to obtain their healing so they can um, uh, retain it. You get what I'm saying? Because anyone can 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 get to a place of healing, but it's what are you going to it's 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 a retention thing. Are you going to do anything to retain that? level of health because if not it's in vain because you're going to end you're going to bottom out and you're going to end back up where you were before do you get what i'm saying and so i believe that god likes to see that we are going to be good stewards with the healing that he's going to give us which is the reason why we have to go through this faith training of 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 showing ahead of time that we're going to do what it takes to maintain this thing. If you think about when a person goes to, um, say for instance, a person wants to go through lap band surgery or whatever, they want to go through uh, weight loss surgery, basically. And what they have to do, they might be fat is all get out the fattest person and they qualify. You get what I'm saying? They, they absolutely by weight, qualify for this particular procedure what they have to do before even going into the procedure is they have to prove they have to get themselves to a certain weight beforehand so they have to change the way they're eating they have to change the way um 
they go about life. They have to become more active. They have to basically prove that when they do go through with the surgery, they're not going to end back up in the same situation because it's not there as a, as a temporary fix. It's there as something that's permanent. But if you go through this lap band surgery with the mentality, the same mentality that you were in that got you into the state of needing the surgery, then you can die. You can kill yourself, right? That way, um, because you're not maintaining. You get what I'm saying? You, you're, you're, because there, a lap band surgery. There, there's literally like a, a a thing that they put around your stomach. They tie it off, and basically, you can't eat more than probably a handful of food. So it causes people to lose a gang of weight. If they were to try to eat more than that, there would be no room for it in their stomach. So it comes back up. That's, that's what, what happens. And so with that, you can cause yourself more issues than before. So you have to show that you're going to be responsible in this surgery, in this weight loss you know, attempt, you know, so, you know, you, you have to, you know, do that because it's, you're, you're either going to end up in the same situation you were before or worse in this state, you'll end up in a worse situation because you weren't, um, doing the work to maintain it. Now, the same goes for our faith. If we decide God is going to heal me, God is going to do this and do that. But yet, we don't do our part as far as changing our eating, changing our activities, you know, uh, being just being more active, period. If we don't do that, we will still end up dying. Because at that point, we have the knowledge that something's wrong with us. That alone is going to wear on your mental. That alone can make you sick. Because a lot of people who, before they even find out a diagnosis, they seem fine, right? They don't seem like they're jacked up until they get the knowledge, right? They gain the knowledge that, oh, I'm sick. Oh, it's something wrong with me, which causes a lot of people to go downhill. <laughs> so it's, it's like with that knowledge, what are you going to do with it? You know, it's something wrong with you now, but if you don't change your lifestyle at that point with the knowledge, you're held accountable for what you know. So if you go into that particular situation with the knowledge, but no change, it equals death. You get what I'm saying? It, it, it just, it, it, it doesn't turn out right. That's the reason why faith without works is dead. It's like a knowledge without any change is dead. You get what I'm saying? I don't know how I even got on all this, but yeah, it's like <sighs> we, when, when we, when we start writing, um, y'all, I don't know if you hear my son's video game or not. He's in the other game in the other room playing a video game, but if you do just ignore it. But, um, uh, when we, um, start to write out a book and 
and, and we realize that that same trauma is there, if we don't do anything with that and that thing has resurfaced and is there in our, you know, whatever, you know, you can shut it, Kai, go ahead. Um, if, if you, sorry, my daughter was leaving the room. Um, so yeah, if you, if you don't do anything with that, it is going to take you into a more serious, um, state of infection than before you're held accountable for what you know. Now I know, Oh shoot, this thing is still here and it's affecting me in my, in my life. You know what I mean? It's affecting me because a lot of people, some people are aware of the things that are wrong with them, but they go into a, a place of denial and denial only further, uh, or prolongs or deepens that state of, of hurt, you know what I mean? Or that state of infection, because now you also have this pride, you know what I mean? That you're not going to deal with it. Everybody else got to, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm good. I don't got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Or I'm good. I don't need help. You know, then, then, then you're dealing with a state of, not only denial, but pride. And then, um, uh, uh, ignorance because you're, you're like, you're, you're like ignoring it, a state of avoidance. And those things are never good. Once we're made aware of something, we're held accountable to that thing and it can haunt us and it can get worse. So, so yeah, <laughs> I said all of that to say, that I had never come across another person writing a book that, 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 that seemed to be able to relate to what I'm saying. Like I've never heard anybody talk about it. And that's not to say that no one has talked about it, but I've never heard anybody talk about it. Um, it just seems like people are spitting out books and no one talks about the process. No one talks about how it hurts. No one talks about how healing it can be, you know? And, and, and so, yeah, so I wanted to come on here and just, just talk about that and discuss that. Um, and, and, and talk about, you know, I know I've talked about it before, but how writing this book has been my therapy. Like it's the best therapy that I've ever had. And it wasn't something I always wanted to write a book, but it, 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 it was still nothing that seemed obtainable. It, it just seemed like something that I wanted to do that I would probably never do. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, until now. <laughs> um, until the Holy Spirit told me, write it out, start from the beginning. And I was just like, do what now, sir, sir, do you know, start from the beginning? Do you know how much stuff has happened? So, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, he's so smart. He knows what he's doing and he's going to lead and guide you. Yours might not be the book. Yours might be something else, but listen to the Holy Spirit. He's going to direct you in everything. If you listen to him, 
He's going to make sure that your purpose is fulfilled. He's going to make sure that you get the healing that you need in order to now become this, this effective uh, kingdom citizen. That's if you listen to him. If you neglect to listen to him, then you're neglecting your own uh, state of well-being. You're, you get what I'm saying? That's just ignorant. That's just stupid. Um, is what I'm learning. It's just stupid not to listen to the Holy Spirit because he knows all. You don't know why he's telling you to do something. You don't know why he's telling you to take that detour. It could be the dif the difference between life and death. You get what I'm saying? So I don't know, y'all. I'm just, <laughs> I am, I am appreciative to the vulnerability that Will Smith showed in um, in this content that he released because it, it, it furthermore helped me understand that I'm not alone in this whole, my gosh, this is exhausting. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it, you know? <laughs> um, but I am very well aware that, that, that if the Holy Spirit told me to do it, it's something that I have to do now. Something I'm afraid of is, is being too transparent um, or not being transparent enough. Um, I struggle with that even on this, on this podcast. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm not being transparent enough when it comes down to this whole marriage chronicling, you know, um, hmm. But at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to cause further damage, uh, if that makes sense. Um, because my marriage is not in it, in, in, in its healed state yet, uh, physically. I mean, it is, it is spiritually there. We're going to, by faith, it is at its, at, at the height of its health, healthy state, but in the physical, it's not. And so what I never want to do is put my husband out there without his stamp of approval, without him very much so being at a healthy state where he can, where he can um, speak on it as well, um, where he can help the men who have struggled with the same things that he struggled, because I know that that's, that's definitely going to be something um, that he does is is to be able to talk to other uh men who who struggle with vulnerability who struggle you know um in the in the ways and the places um that he does in life so huh. <laughs> yeah you guys but with with me changing my diet with me um backing off of the main course being meat and just like sprinkling meat in here and there. Um, I don't feel so tired. Cause you guys, I had gotten to a point where I would be so winded. Um, I'd be so winded that I, that I couldn't like, like going to the bathroom, like getting up, going to the bathroom was a lot of energy. Uh, it was scary how tired I would become, 
just going to the bathroom. Um, it was very concerning to me, but I was too scared uh, to go to the doctor to seek professional help because I didn't want to hear a diagnosis that would cause that switch to go off in my head that could easily cause a person to go into depression, which leads to death. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to learn from my elders who have gone on mother being included. Um, cause each one of them died of a disease that, that, that could have either been prevented or reversed my mother and any sibling that has died has been overtaken by a level of dead faith. That's not something I'm willing to do. That's not something I'm wanting to do. Um, each one of them, except for one, has left behind children who are scratching their heads. Like, what, what, what happened? Because, oh, oh geez. <sighs> It's selfish. It is selfish. It's selfish. Me, my siblings, my cousins, there are times that we've had these conversations where we're angry at our parents. We're angry at We're angry at them because they have this level of secrecy that we can't even crack the code. You get what I'm saying? We don't know that anybody is sick at all until they are dying. <laughs> Do you know how frustrating that is? My mother was dying for years, had been diagnosed and didn't tell any of us. Well, she tried to tell my brother. My brother says, admits now that he does recall now that she tried to tell him that she had about five years left. And he was like, mama, I can't deal with this. What, what are you talking about? Mama, mama, just, no, leave me alone. Don't talk to me about that. You get what I'm saying? Um, so she knew and she tried to go to her oldest to tell him about it. And when she saw how resistant he was to it, she kept it to herself and didn't tell any of us. We did not know that mommy was sick until she was going into brain surgery, you guys. Like literally. The only reason why we found out is because my sister I'm feeling angry <laughs> because my mother used to take my kids back and forth to school when my car, after my car got repoed, she was taking my small children back and forth to school and she didn't show up one day and I didn't understand why I was angry with her. Like why, you know, these kids can't miss any more school, blah, 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 blah. Little did I know, I was fussing at my mother in a hospital bed. She had 
I'm not going to reveal too much because it'll be in the book. But she had basically went in on an emergency tip and to the emergency room. And uh, when they had ran all the tests and everything, realized that she had um, golf ball, golf ball sized tumors on her brain. A golf ball sized tumor on her brain that had traveled from her colon to through her bloodstream to her brain because that's basically where the stress was was in her mind so that's where the tumors attacked was her mind so um they were going in to do brain surgery and she called my sister to come and get her car from the hospital but still was not transparent still told my sister hey i need you to come pick up my car so you can take the kids back and forth to school um they're just doing a procedure just gonna take a little incision and and just they're they're doing this small procedure and sorry you guys and yeah it's not it's nothing big she went in to get the keys and the doctor came in and started talking to my sister like she was well aware of what was going on. And he starts explaining to her the brain surgery that they're about to conduct on my mother. And my sister's like, do what to the what? <laughs> what? That's how we found out. We did not know that she had colon cancer. We did not know that she had brain tumors. We did not know anything until she was in the hospital about to go through a brain surgery alone. Alone. Now, I know that in her mind, she didn't want to be a burden. And for her, she was trying to take a stance of not being selfish by doing that, but not telling us caused us not to be able to offer a hand of help. Her not wanting to be a burden all at once became a burden because it was because because we had to think about all the diagnosis. We had to think of what she was about to go through now. And we had to deal with our own emotions and And, 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 and fears. Ooh. And that's what I mean by oh, Jesus. That's what I mean by her being selfless turned into an act of selfishness. Because then we had to deal with um, everything all in one chunk over a three-year period. Watching her wither away. And at that point, 
the doctor saying we can't do anything but just make her comfortable. <laughs> Each one of her siblings that went on before her and after her all went through their diagnosis the same. And here I am picking up the same habits, the same avoidance. Don't want to hear it. Just believing God with his dead faith. And I just decided I can't. Remember my body told me the other day, my body was just like, you can't do this. Do this or die. Dude, dude, you're going to have to change or die. That's what my body told me the other day, and it was the most scariest thing. And I told my sister, I can't imagine having just 10 more, 10 or 11 more years left in me. Because my mother died at 52. How I got on all of this, you guys, I surely didn't come here to get on all of this, but it might be someone out there who's dealing with this. There might be someone else who this can affect in some type of way and impact in some type of way to cause change. Anything that is said on here, I I only leave that vulnerability out there only to help others. Because trust me, I don't want to expose myself. I don't. This is the most vulnerable vulnerable I've ever been to anyone. But it's causing me to grow. And I hope that it's causing change in someone else's life for the better as well. <sighs> anyway. I was coming on here to write about books, to talk about books, <laughs> the process. This writing journey has definitely helped me in my transparency, in my growth and maturity. And I appreciated uh, this chronicling of this whole separation and the growth that I'm making in this time so I can be better for my husband is helping me grow you all being here me having a platform where other people come and they listen you guys it helps me because i'm hoping that i'm helping you i'm hoping that i'm helping someone else in my transparency <laughs> Ooh, i don't want to cry today so um they're like building up on the edge of my eyes and wanting to spill over and I don't want to go there today, but yeah, I appreciate um, Will Smith's content because it made me feel as though if his content could help me, then my content can help others. I already felt that anyway, but to be on the receiving end of someone else's transparency was great. And I appreciate it. So anyway, all right, you guys, I'm going to go because I have completely stopped typing. Being on here with you all, um, I didn't, I, I have not 
been expecting to go as deep with you all that I have been uh, here lately. But if, if it's on my end, um, things about me, I feel more comfortable with doing that. But when it comes down to my husband, I don't feel like I have the clearance and I would I want to respect him and his privacy on that. But um, yeah, that's all you guys. That's all folks. <laughs> huh. I'm going to go ahead and get off of here so I can work. I hope that this podcast episode has helped someone. Remember, you guys, to keep your attitudes in check. Do the work. Know that God loves you and that I love you too. And let's just become healthy. It's it's no excuses November. So let's throw the excuses to the wind and do what we got to do. All right? All right. Until next time. Peace. Have Instagram? Follow me at the Marriage Chronicles underscore for updates on when new episodes are available and much more. See you there.